Hey, what's going on there, podcast community? Matthew Johnson here, back with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. In this week's episode, I'm just going to do a check-in, really, just to sort of put on here how things have been going in this one year. It's been a year since I've decided to take care of my mother living in the same house with her. Just to kind of go over maybe some of the things I thought worked well, some of the things that maybe didn't work so well, just to have some food for thought for you if you're in that position of perhaps thinking about becoming a caregiver. Let's go. Here it is. Another week. This is Dementia in Black and White. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So one year, it was July of 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. At that point, the pandemic was just three, four months in and I was moving, moving my mother. So I moved my own home, moved to change jobs and all of that to the East Coast. And then decided to move my mother. So let's look back over that year in terms of how things have been going and, you know, how things are not going. So the one thing that I wonder about in this year that has passed is really should I have even moved her at all? I was moving for a job and there's no other family in the city where I was moving from in the Midwest. And I thought it would just be a challenge for her to be alone, even though, of course, she had been living by herself for several years at that point. But her condition had been deteriorating. And of course, I would visit her frequently, you know, do grocery shopping and do all that. And she had been relatively independent. I definitely saw signs that, you know, things were going down in terms of her cooking and all of that. Couldn't do that anymore. So it was TV dinners, essentially, that she was living on because she wasn't using the stove anymore. And so, of course, I could not have just left her alone, but I could have gotten some home care workers, perhaps considered a nursing home at that point, perhaps. Um, But I know that the move has contributed to, I believe it has contributed to her kind of disorientation. She's been here a year and she still packs her things just about every day. And ask when she's going home. Now, the home she's thinking about is not the home that we've just moved from, but her childhood home. And she mentions that small community by name. And so I wonder if just if I had left her in the same place and maybe brought the care in around her if that would have helped with that kind of unsettling 
And of course, you know, that sundowning, which happens with everybody, I guess. And I don't know. And perhaps, you know, we can have somebody on who's experienced the same thing if they did not move their loved one and how that was in terms of just having them in the same house. I'd be curious to talk to somebody about that. But it just feels like that's added to the stress and anxiety for her uh, having been moved. And of course, I don't, you know, getting her to move was a big deal. Trust me when I tell you that was a whole thing. And, you know, it was me going over and bringing boxes and trying to, you know, getting there together. Hey, you know, you should be packing, should be packing, should be packing. And I finally got her to the point where she did start packing. But now I think she's just in that frame of mind that I have to pack. I have to pack. I need more boxes. I got to pack. So I can't get her off of that now. So I do question that. And and the jury's still out in terms of whether or not I really think that the move was good or bad. I know for sure it's good in terms of being with her and being around her every day. That's definitely better than, you know, her being in a different city for me, for sure. Or any of her uh, children. Um, the other point I wanted to talk about was the homeworker. So I, even though she's here with me, I do have home aides and like these people who are friends, comfort providers or whatever, the services where you pay by the hour to have somebody come in. And I got to say, that's been hit or miss in terms of finding good people. And that is an industry, I guess, that maybe because of the pandemic as well, uh, they were hard hit in terms of finding good quality people. I know for sure that there is a worker shortage and that probably is hitting that range of wage earner. You know, those folks probably earn 10, 12, $13 an hour, perhaps. And if you have any option of going into people's homes, risking your health, you know, with this COVID stuff going on or collecting unemployment, that option for not risking your life and maybe making close to what you could make working is an option that many people exercise. And that maybe uh, has led to this, you know, when I first had the first week, I had a company coming in and literally out of the first five days, I wanted somebody here four hours a day because of course I'm still working full time and I would you know, work from home, but still my work from home is taxing. So I have to, actually work and be on zoom meetings and all of that. So I needed somebody to be with her at least half the day. And there were out of the five days for the first five days, there were four different people, four different people. And I could tell, even though I am not an expert caregiver, even though I was just starting into this myself at the time, I could tell that these people had very little to no training Uh, related to caring for someone with dementia. One person literally just followed her around, scared her. Like, why are you following me around so much? And of course, maybe in her online six-hour course, I don't know what the training is, but they told them that older people have a tendency to fall, so you want to be there to catch them or something, I guess. I don't know. So, you know, I had to tell her, please stop following her around like that. You're freaking her out because she's not a fall risk. That is not her ailment. She's very agile. 
gets up and dances, twerks even for that matter. Um, you know, so she doesn't need somebody that's following her around literally like that. Um, other people, you know, are try to talk to her, but ask her things that of course she's just not capable of talking about. And they'll, you know, yeah, I could tell that they were like getting frustrated or, you know, having an expectation that she would know where something is in the house. You know, she's just moved here and I don't even know if she had been in the same house, if she would remember where things are and that type of thing. So it's just, you could tell that maybe if they had been around seniors, they were not seniors with dementia or seniors with memory issues. So just going through several of those people, um, you know, who obviously had very little to no training that was frustrating. And so we did finally get to a point where, and right now there are a couple of different agencies that are sending people to different people that she seems comfortable with. I am comfortable with. And so that's sort of working out right now. But so that, that's been a thing that, that you need to be mindful of that you may need to do your due diligence in terms of finding a service if you're going to be doing that and just be patient uh, that you may have to go through a couple of people. And then another thing that I want to acknowledge that I got into the deep end of the pool too soon. There was definitely more legwork and prep work that I should have done uh, it's, you know, a lot of what's going on, moving, starting a new job and all that for me. And then moving my mother, selling houses, all of that. So it's just a lot of stress. And I did not, you know, the people to help out, the network, the safety net, that should have been definitely more planned out. So I would say if you're going to switch over to being a full-time caregiver for a loved one, that a very organized plan, perhaps even an Excel spreadsheet that lays out a typical day and then making sure that you have more than enough help, you know, think extra, not less than recognize that it is a full time job and full time. I mean, 24 seven job. So there are 24 hours in a day. You have to really think about all of them. My mother was up at two thirty last night just, you know, kind of rambling about. So even though the house is pretty secure in terms of the safety and, you know, her not being able to get out and wander and all of that, um, you know, and sleeping is fine. I don't have to necessarily be up all night and physically watching her or what have you. But those hours of the day, you know, really need coverage as well. And so having more than enough people, more than enough uh, family, friends, workers, however you're going to do that is better than just having enough or certainly having less than enough, which is, I think, where I found myself. Then the other failure, I guess I had or what feels like a failure now is the blanket promise. Don't make blanket promises, I would say. I. Not, probably not even here recently, but uh, it's been for years. I've probably thought to myself, my mother would never go to a nursing home and kind of making that blanket statement as if, you know, putting my mother in a nursing home would be some sign of a lack of love that I have for her or what have you. 
And so having that premise to start with sort of boxes you in and makes your view limited of the range of options that you have. And now I am getting to the point, having done this for a year, that I have to consider all of the options. There's not an option, not a stone that will be left unturned in terms of caring for her. And it really might be that that is the best option. So instead of starting out with a blanket declarative declarative statement that I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that ever, uh, just be open. You don't know what you're getting into until you get into it. So be open to whatever has to be done. That'll be best for your loved one. And so in my case, my mother is certainly going to get to a point where this kind of quilt work of care coverage for her won't be enough. And she'll need full-time professional care at some point. There's no question about that with this, the, the progression of this disease. So, but I had some back and forth about that. And as you know, from an earlier podcast, I am starting to investigate memory care facilities, not making any moves right now, but I definitely want to have the options, that option explored and understand what I'm going to be getting into because I believe that's going to happen at some point. And then the other thing I would say is the struggle is real. It is really a struggle. It is taxing financially. It is taxing physically. It is taxing mentally to care for someone with a disability, this particular type, because it affects the brain. So the person looks just as they normally looked. They even, at least my mother, has a voice that's the same. You know, the things she says don't always connect. It's not always logic in her statements, but her voice is still strong and she still you know, laughs occasionally that said dances and, you know, songs. She'll sing the songs that are familiar to her with the real words and on beat. So she still has that. So there's just these flashes of her being there as she was. But then for the most part, she's not there. The brain has changed. And so that creates a struggle. That That's, that's difficult to deal with, to see someone who you love, in my case, a single mother raising three sons by herself, being strong, working, you know, fast food, white castles for many years, and then the post office. So just kind of handling her business, getting her kids through life. And, you know, to then see her in this condition, that's difficult. It's a difficult transition to make. And it's slowly degenerative. You know, it's not like a quick thing. Uh, Of course, you know about my denial that there was even anything wrong at some point from an earlier podcast. But so that that creates it's not just, you know, getting time or doing this or getting somebody. You know, it's that and then all of this. And then if you have your own life going on with things that are happening as everyone would, 
then that's on top of that. And of course, now you got on top of that a pandemic at the same time, a global pandemic. So the struggle is real. So I just can't stress enough, as I stress every week in the podcast, to make sure that you're paying attention to your mental health. Make sure you're paying attention to your physical health. If you thought about, hey, I want to get in shape, this would be the time. So I would even say before, if you again are ahead of this, you have an early diagnosis and you know you're going to become more involved with some care for a loved one. That would be the time to do those things that you've been putting off in terms of self-care, in terms of your physical and mental health, getting yourself again in a very good position so that as you take on the weight of the extra anxiety, the extra stress, you're going to be ready. And then on a positive note, I'll end with this one that over this year, I've discovered that I am grateful. I am grateful to be the one to be in this position. You know, I just went through some things and talked about some things that appeared to sound like they were negative or failures or what have you. But at the end of this, I am already feeling the gift that is being able to experience this unconditional love, being able to be there for my mother in the way that she has been there for me to recognize that I do have a well of patience that I can dig into And, you know, it just becomes a normal thing to be with her and hear her kind of go on about things that, you know, again, not make much sense to any regular observer. But to sit with her and to experience the energy of love that exists between a mother and a son That is a real gift. And so regardless of where you are in the world, regardless of your relationship with a loved one that you might need to care for, recognize that it may be necessary to put behind you some things that have happened in the past and Be ready and open to receiving the gift of the presence. Because to be present with another human being and connect with another human being. And of course, my mother's relationship and I was that traditional African-American woman who's busy doing things. She's showing her love through her actions. This wasn't a time of, you know, hey, I love you, son. And these types of things are, you know, hugging me when I come home from school or whatever. She wasn't that type of mother. But she definitely, definitely sacrificed for me, definitely showed her love for me. And this continues today the exchange of unconditional love. And so without a doubt, if I had it to do all over again, would I? Absolutely. Struggle is real, but I participate in that struggle again. If I had to, no question about it. Absolutely. 
it's worth it. Well, folks, that's it for this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. Just to check in. And I don't know. Let me see how this goes. If you think this is beneficial, maybe I'll do a check in every six months or something just to see how things are going. See if there are things that as I look back that I would do differently. Put that out there. All right. As I always say, absolutely. You're in the right place taking care of your loved one. That is a great thing. But don't forget you take care of yourself and do that first so that you can be there for that loved one. Thanks for listening. Dementia in black and white. Your host, Matthew Johnson. Talk to you next week. I'm out.